You are now listening to Tuck Gidget's podcast. Hello and welcome to the Talk Your Jits podcast. This podcast is, as the name implies, all about jujitsu. I'm your host, Lamar Smith. And today's guest is a black belt who trains at Gracie Barra Granby, located in Granby, Quebec, Canada. Ladies and gentlemen, Eric Laporte. Thanks, man. Pleased to meet you and uh, happy to be here, man. Congratulations on your blog and uh, your podcast. Sorry. Man, thank you so that very one, much. I'm, so I'm the one who messed up that one, right? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it's all good. All right. Let's... <laughs> it's all good. I mean, you can say it's a sort of a kind of a blog. It's an audio blog, but you know. And let's let's blame it on the on the uh, language. I'm a French guy, Fran- francophone guy, so let's blame it on the language. Exactly, exactly. But um, <laughs> but yeah, man. First and foremost, man, I would like to, you know, give you, you know, thank you for coming on the sh- uh, coming on the uh, podcast and doing this interview with me today, man. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate you, man. Man, so yeah, man, let's get started, man. Let's go ahead and um, give the people what they want. Go ahead and give us a little background of who you are and your your, your journey, and let's rock it out. All right, uh, I can do that. Um, uh, my name is Eric. I'm, I'm a French Canadian guy from uh, Quebec, Canada. Uh, I live probably an hour from Montreal. So um, my journey started young, man. Not in jujitsu itself, but in martial arts in general. Um, I grew up with a father. Well, both my parents actually liked martial arts movies, so I grew up with martial arts movies, and I was a huge, huge fan of wrestling when I was a kid, and probably still today. So I always grew up with like links in a way or another to martial arts, mm-hmm. and uh, like younger, I had cousins doing karate, so I was training with them a little bit, and then I picked up boxing as a uh, as a teenager. Well, that's a while ago, but I picked up boxing a little bit, and then moved to uh, practice different martial arts over the years. Um, when uh, UFC came out a while ago, uh, I remember UFC 4 had just came out, so that's a long time ago, and me and one mm-hmm. of my friends, we rented that at the uh, video store and watched UFC 1, 2, 3, and 4. And back then, Hoist Gracie was just dominating everybody, and uh, I remember saying to myself, like, tell myself, I want to do that at some point, you know. I'd like to learn that eventually, but I come from a small town, a small ski town, and there's no jiu-jitsu anywhere near here, especially back then. So, um... You know, I went to school in Montreal a little bit, came back here, and I started training martial arts more seriously later in life, probably like late 20s. Okay. And, uh, you know, eventually uh, a guy opened, uh, started teaching in Granby, where I am, a while ago, in the exact same location I'm training now, but it was not the same school. So a guy started giving classes there. It was an MMA gym back then, and uh, I fell in love with it, and then... His main gym was about an hour from where I lived. And I just said, all right, let's go. And I just started training there. And that's how my jiu-jitsu my career started, really. A friend of mine who did MMA told me, look, a jiu-jitsu guy's going to come teach at our school. I was like, all right, I'm in. So that's pretty much how it went from my background with jiu-jitsu. Okay. So, apart from, I'm sorry. Apart from that, like, just as a background a little bit, like, uh, apart from that, I, uh, I don't do that. Like, I don't teach uh, full time. My, uh, my my real job is um, I uh, work as a quality analyst for aircraft engines. Oh, so wow. I work in aeronautics. And uh, part of, you know, I have a couple of instructionals on BGG Fanatics. I have a blog. So uh, a lot of stuff like going around uh, jiu-jitsu and martial arts and teaching, actually. Okay. So so you've been training for a, for a very long time then? Uh, in jiu-jitsu, not that much. Probably around uh, close to 10 years. 
Okay. But I've been doing mar- I've been doing martial arts for a while. Yeah. Gotcha. But, gotcha. Uh, yeah. So do you? I guess do you remember like that first that that moment that you fell in love with jujitsu? I know you were talking about like from UFC watching like um you know Royce uh, you know Mr. Gracie do do what he yeah. did in the UFC you know in UFC four. Um, actually, you know, as the time of recording, yesterday was the anniversary of that day. And oh, really? Yeah. So, yeah. So the twelfth was like that. That day he won that. You know, he won UFC. And awesome. we always talk about that. It's almost like Christmas to you know the like jujitsu world. Like yeah. this is the day that you know, the UFC. Not I'm sorry, UFC, but jujitsu like was was given to the public. Yeah, it's like it's the, we often see it's the day that uh, changed martial arts forever. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like, besides that, do you remember like when you started training? When did you like fell in love with jujitsu? Oh yeah, obviously. Uh, first of all, my interest was caught when I saw Hoist Gracie like tap big, juiced up like monsters that were 60 pounds heavier than him and he started choking them out and onbarring them i was like well what the hell is that you know? right and uh, I, I like i knew a little bit at that point what judo was but not a lot so my knowledge in grappling wasn't that uh, very high like i knew karate and stuff like that and boxing and kickboxing because i did it you know but i had no idea what like the differences between different styles of grappling so so i saw that and that my interest was caught there but eventually uh my love for jiu-jitsu started the first class i actually did I went there and the teacher was, um, um, you know, when, if you see, if you watch ADCC and you look at the heavyweights, you know, uh, muscular guys, big traps and like one inch thick ears, you know, so, so the, my first coach ever in Jiu-Jitsu like, was like that. Mm-hmm. So I looked at it, I was like, oh man, this guy's going to kill me. But I didn't know Jiu-Jitsu that much. Like I knew a little bit what it was, but I never did it. So I had no idea how much it would kill me, you know? So, and then like, and I was looking at other smaller guys, but they did MMA, so they had a little bit of grappling, and they were mopping the floors with me at the first class. And I was like, "Wow, I don't. These guys are like white belts. Like, I can't even imagine what that guy can do with me, you know?" Right. So I went to see him, and I was like, "Hey, you, you, you want to roll after the class?" He's like, "Yeah, sure, man." And I remember he got his first grip, and I tried to break it, and I was like, "Oh man, oh this is not going to be cool." And he he just passed my guard. He got a side mount, and I tapped. Mm-hmm. I was like, what the hell is this? You know, so, and so I, I was hooked right then, my first class. My first class, I knew I was like, there's a guy that did jujitsu like three times and he arm barred me like six times. So I was like, okay, I need to learn this. This is pretty fun. And fundamentally, like, I'm somebody who always liked wrestling. And I used to fight with my cousins all the time. I have like six cousins from the same city, same little town I live. We're all the same age. So we used to fight all the time. So, like, it has a lot of stuff appealing for me. Like it had that at least at, at first. Since then, there's a lot of stuff that added, but but yeah, my my first class, man, I was hooked. Yeah, I. I mean, I can. I I was very intrigued. Um, my first time, like first time stepping in a jujitsu gym, but yeah, like going off of what you were saying, like my instructor, um, you know Zachary Holston, he he's a big guy, tall, big guy, and you know when you see a guy, like, you know when you walk into a school and you see the teacher, and he's like, yeah, a big guy. It's like, yeah, I'm thinking to myself, like, holy crap. Like, this dude is going to, yeah, like you said, like, this dude is going to, you know, destroy me. Like, obviously, I when I started training, he was a brown belt. And it was just like, okay, he he he's, he has to be good. He has his own school. He's a brown belt. 
And then, you know, later on, find out, you know, he he was under, you know, Master Joe Moera. And it was just like, oh, man, so much here. And then, you know, like once you really know the style of jujitsu, like, you know, that smash, that that pressure passing jujitsu, it's like very, very intimidating. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, I mean, after a while, after being, you know, destroyed and crushed, you know, as a white belt. But now it's like, man, love it. I love it. I couldn't couldn't imagine, you know, life without it. For sure, for sure. There's no way I could either. Trust me. Uh, you know, you, you realize that once you get injured or something like that. You know, and uh, and once you get injured and you uh, you kind of spend a couple of days away from the mats and it starts to like work on you a little bit and start to be heavy because you're you're missing it. Like I need to train all the time. Yeah. Like if, if I'm not at the if I'm not on the mats, I'm reading about jujitsu. I'm watching instructionals. I'm taking notes. I'm working on my uh, like a. I have a lot of notes about jiu-jitsu, so I'm just studying. If I'm not on the mats, I'm studying, preparing classes and stuff like that. So I have, it's, it's part of every day of my life. So so it's safe to say, I mean, obviously after 10 years, it, it, it consumed you. Oh, yeah, man. Because honestly, when I started jiu-jitsu, I was uh, teaching. Uh, I was a black belt in Kempo. Uh-huh. And I was, te- I was already teaching. I had classes in Kempo. I was teaching self-defense. I was giving self-defense seminars. I was training in Taiho Jutsu, which is similar to Krav Maga, but Japanese. Like that's what the army and the uh, police officers in Japan uh, pretty much learn. Mm-hmm. So I was training a diff- couple different martial arts, and I started Jiu-Jitsu. And honestly, like all the rest went all through the window. You know, like the more I trained Jiu-Jitsu, the less I I trained the rest. And eventually, within probably two years, I, I just stopped everything and just trained Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah, and it's it's I don't know what like I haven't necessarily figured out what is what is it about Jiu-Jitsu that yeah, that gravitates you to it so strongly like yeah you have a lot of different forms of martial arts that you can learn like i've you know i've done mma i've you know done a little bit of karate um ahasaki you know just to name a few but it was just something about jujitsu that that completely engulfed me like you said like you know if you're not on the mats you're mentally training you know you're watching videos you're taking notes you're you know you're doing all the stuff that's jujitsu related and I did not do that with any other any other form of martial art. Yeah, me neither. Like I like you said, I I wake up and breathe jujitsu. I eat, sleep, and breathe jujitsu. Like I'm trying to figure out how can I incorporate jujitsu in my everyday life, which I obviously successfully been able to. But it's like I still want more. I still want more jujitsu. Yeah, and how's that going with your friends that don't train <laughs> or family? <laughs> <laughs> It's you know, it's funny because I, I always get into these moments because like I'm literally you no know, I have a cousin who who's uh who in New York who trains in martial art me and him you know we talk back and forth but he's literally like the only one but my you know my cousins and family that don't train you know they be like oh man you know you're looking good what are you doing I'm like you know I train jujitsu and it's like oh man I want to get out there and do it and I'd be like I don't want to be that guy but I'd be like hey let's let's, let's talk about jiu-jitsu like come let's, let's come in my office let's talk about jiu-jitsu for like four hours well you listen to me talk <laughs> about jiu-jitsu for four hours yeah and I, I try not to be annoying about it but it's like I can't help like even like my wife can contest to this too no matter what the conversation can be about I always circle back to jiu-jitsu yeah, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm sorry. I know, I know, this is getting annoying. She's like, no, nah, I'm, I'm pretty much used to it now. I'm like, okay, well, good. But let me tell you about this here. So, 
Oh yeah, yeah. So you're used to it now, so now I can like step it up a notch a little bit, you know. Right. Uh, it, it takes a lot of place, and obviously, when you hang out with friends that do jujitsu, like you only talk about that very much. Mm -hmm. And uh, but when your friends, when you're with people that don't train, you know, it, it it does, like you said, it does often. You figure out a way, like unconsciously, to just turn the in that direction a little bit in the conversation. So it's easy to apply, but there's many reasons, I guess, you know, you said, you don't know why it's so, uh, like you get so much caught in it, I guess, but there's many reasons I, th I think for that. So if you want, I can tell you my my uh, perspective on that if you want, but. Oh, by all, uh, by all means, man. All right, us. so, well, it's, it's my perspective. So I'm, I'm pretty sure like most people are gonna relate to what I'm gonna say. Uh, the first thing that I really like about jiu-jitsu is how liberal it is yes and you know what i mean by that is you know if you did if you did karate a little bit you probably saw that and then anybody that did like more uh, traditional martial arts you have an exam and they're going to show you a kick for example and, and that kick has to be done perfectly like some martial arts you have to do katas and if the katas are not done right you're not going to pass your belt you know mm-hmm Jiu-Jitsu is not exactly like that. Most of the time, they're going to show you a move. And this is this is something I always say in my class. I repeat this every week to my students. Like, I'm going to show you how I do it. But this is my body type, my flexibility, my, my like, my, this is for me. Mm -hmm. What we need to do after that, I'm going to show you the move. You're going to try it that way. And we're going to adapt it to you. So I have students that are going to do moves I show them, but in a completely different way. Because they're more flexible. They're taller, shorter. You know, it's very different. Um, so there's a, a very liberal aspect with that. Like, not only is there, are there many different styles, if you look at a competition, you're going to have, like you said earlier, like smash passers, you're going to have like these guys that invert and burn bow in your legs and stuff like that. Very flexible. You're going to have the rustle type, very explosive. You're going to have another one that's very passive and kind of locks you in different lapel guards. So there's a many different styles in the same martial art. And th this for me is fascinating. Mm -hmm. And then there's a very liberal way of applying every technique and adapting and you have the freedom to apply them for you, which is something right. that is very, very appealing for me because I'm, oh, I'm kind of an outside the boss guy. So I like to like do my own way and like kind of do, do my own path and walk on my, on my own track. So I learned stuff from my teachers and I adapted, adapted it to me. And I've, in other martial arts, it has gotten me in trouble a little bit because my teacher was like, no, you need to do it like this. And like this is how we do it and stuff like that and jiu-jitsu you don't have that so this is something yeah. very 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 appealing for me yeah so that, that would be for me the first thing the first step and you know i oh well i guess i did know because i i kind of touched bases on that <laughs> um a few episodes a few interview uh interviews back when we were just talking about how organic you know jiu-jitsu is because you know you like you said you have the different body types you have you know, you have to kind of switch up a little bit depending on your opponent, depending on, you know, your current position and stuff like that. And like with, you know, like with, not, not, not shaming or bashing any other martial art. I just want to get that out the way first because I don't want, you know, this comeback to bite me. But like, yeah, when you have like, you know, karate and you're doing your katas and, you know, with taekwondo, everything has to be precise. Like you have to get this kick exactly the way that it's supposed to look like. If you're supposed to do a question mark kick, it has to look like a question mark kick. You can't just half-ass a kick and be like, okay, that's it. No. With yeah. jiu-jitsu, you kind of have that little bit of freedom. Like, okay, if I'm going for a, uh, 
a style of an arm lock. I don't want to go into too much detail for the people who, who don't train jujitsu, but if I'm going for an arm lock, like an Americana, you know, I might have to change it up depending on the person's body type. If their person has flexible, you know, their flexibility is high in their shoulders. If their arms are shorter, if they are, if their leg, I mean, if their arms are longer, if they're stronger, if they're this and if they're that, you have to be able to adapt and change in order yeah. to, you know, do this one particular technique. Yeah. So, yeah, I, yeah. I, I totally and, agree and, with that. And that's interesting. That's one of the reasons why for me it's really interesting, you know. Um, another thing that covers a little bit what we thought we were talking about is um, one thing that fascinates me about jiu-jitsu is how, like we talked about like different styles and all that and, and like everything kind of gets adapted to the body types and body styles and all that. Um, one thing that I really, really like is how complex it is. Mm-hmm. You know, and like, just like you, I don't want to bash martial arts because like other styles, because I've done a lot of them and I, I, they're all fun in a way. Like they all have something that they bring. You know, mm-hmm. but the one thing that I loved about jujitsu is the complexity of it. It's so broad. There's so many techniques, so many styles, and it's evolving so fast that it's hard to keep up. Like unless you do this full time, it's hard to keep up. Yeah, yeah. like you definitely can be left in the dust very, very fast. Like you miss, like you said, you miss a week of class, and it's like, oh man, how far back am I? Yeah, because so. it's some, like some they showed a technique the week before, and like people are trying to pull it on you. I have no idea what's going on, really, you know. Especially right. at a lower belt, like I, I, when you get the purple belt and you're a little bit higher, like you can see what's you, you understand what's happening. But like for lower belts, if they miss a week or two, like that can make a big difference because when they come back, everybody's pulling these moves on them, and they don't, they don't really understand what's going on. You know? Yeah. 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 And um, just to kind of backtrack on what you were saying about, um, you know, teaching, um, uh, you know, teaching other people jujitsu, like the lower belts and stuff like that. And, you know, I will go over a technique and they're like, man, I just can't I just can't get this right. It's like, well, what are you like? You know, like what what are what's going on? Why do you feel like you can't get this technique? Well, I'm trying to do it like you like you did it. That's the problem. Yeah, that's the problem right there. You're trying to do it like I did it. I'm only showing you like what it looks like. You kind of have to take the initiative to make it a work and adjust it to your body type and whoever you're uh, repping with. And, you know, being a, being an instructor, and I know you can probably, you know, um, agree with this as well. When it comes to repping techniques, I encourage everybody to pick another partner. Like, you know, you do this technique two or three times with this person and then you switch to someone of a different body type. That way, yeah, you can get yeah, I agree with that. And like adjust, like okay, yeah, this person over here who has shorter arms, I can hit it easily. But this person over here who has wider shoulders, I might not be able to hit that on. I might have to make that adjustment. If you don't work this stuff with different body types, if you can, you're never, you're necessarily, you're never going to find that sweet spot that's going to work for everybody. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, honestly. And uh, I think people probably don't do that enough. It's mm-hmm. very, very important to, to try and different be on different people because it's going to force you to think more about the concept uh, rather than the technique itself. Because when I teach, normally I'm going to explain a move. Like if I, for example, you talked about an Americana, I'm going to explain, like I'm going to show the Americana in a simple way, but then I'm going to enter the details. And I'm going to, what I want to, the students to understand it's not really the Americana itself. It's why I'm doing what I'm doing while I'm applying this technique. 
So that's why sometimes I'm going to explain, like it's important to like pin the shoulders, for example, have your elbows on the ground while you're setting up the technique position first, and then you go for the submission. You know, and I try to explain the details one by one and bring them to a point where they understand why I'm doing everything I'm doing really. So after that, once, once they get the concept, it's going to be easier for them to apply on most people, but they need to try it. They need to figure it out. They need to, all right, for, like he showed it this way, but I'm, I'm a lot taller. So, so yeah, I agree with what you said. It's really, it's, I think it's a very, very good point and it's very, um, sometimes forgotten. I'm yeah, very, very, yeah. very forgotten. And I'm, I'm, all, I'm an advocate for it. I'm like, look, you like jujitsu is one of those sports where, you know, you, you get out what you put in. Like, if you're not busting your hump on the mats, you're not going to see that progress that you want. If you come in, you know, just haphazardly doing techniques or you're showing up late for classes and, you know, you're just kind of like just there to be there. And you're like, man, why am I not? Why am I not getting any better? You have to put the work in. Like, you have to put the work in to be able to get this stuff. Like, nothing is handed to you, especially at my school. Like, if. I didn't, you know, if I didn't know this stuff, I would have been, you know, I would have never tested to be my, you know, tested for brown belt or just, you know, being able to progress as far as I did because I do know people that's been training X amount of years and it's like, man, I've been a blue belt for like 10 years. Like, I come to class every day. Like, well, yeah, you might come to class, but what are you doing? Are you, are you actually participating in class? Are you, you know, putting forth the effort? Are you just, are you, are you just showing up for participation points? Yeah, exactly. And now you're learning because the, the thing, the thing we hear often, because when I like in uh, what I was doing with my previous style in Kempo, uh, there was a, a, a schedule and people knew that after the X months, they were getting, they were getting like their yellow belt. And after a X number of months, they would get their test for their orange belt, for example. Uh, Jiu-Jitsu, all schools are different, obviously, but I think it's about uh, like everybody learns at different speeds and that will create sometimes a gap. Like there's a minimum amount of time people should, in most schools, that's the case that you have a minimum amount of time that you need to be at a certain belt to get access to the passage, but it's about knowledge really. So like, that's how I work. Yeah. So some people could like have the knowledge after a year, but they don't meet the minimum requirements. So we kind of wait a little bit, but some people after two years, they're like, we don't feel they're ready. Like, okay, this is, the person, the, the person has the minimum two years example for uh, from a uh, purple to brown example, but he's missing a little bit of knowledge. He's missing a little bit of the finesse. So people, like you said, that are there and train a little bit more seriously will have that. And some people that's there like just for a more social activity than train jujitsu itself is it's probably going to take longer. And that's how, that's why. So yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, and I, 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 you know, I employ everybody who either started their journey, thinking about starting their journey, or haven't realized this yet. Um, I've probably said this before, but I know I said it numerous times out, you know, out in the world. Like, you have to come into jujitsu with an with an open mind. Yeah. Like, you can't come in thinking that um, you deserve to be. Oh, I deserve to be this belt rank. Or I deserve to be this 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 and that like no you go in you learn jujitsu for you and all that stuff will come obviously you know um when you first start yeah you want to see the stripes you want to see the colors change on your belt because i i can admit i was that way when i first started like when i got my first stripe i was like man what can i do to get my second and oh, man, what can I do to get my third and it's like oh man what can i do to get my blue belt but when i 
when I, you know, tested for my blue belt and once I realized like, you know, damn, like, damn, this was a lot of fun. It was, it was, I knew the stuff because I was putting the time and effort to do it. But after that, man, I was like, you know what, man, I just want to train. Like, yeah. you know, excuse my French, but fuck the colors, fuck the stripes and all that other stuff. Like, I just want to get my ass on these mats and I just want to get beat up, beat somebody up and go home happy. Yeah. And then like once, you know, once you once you grasp that concept, just go in, train, get as much as out of it as you can. Yeah, the belts, the belts will come. The colors will change, man. You just just got to You just got to work. You just got to work. <coughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. And um, uh, the, I think most people know pretty much everybody get to that point eventually. You know, if you keep training for long enough, you're going to get to that point. Some people get to that point at Blue Belt, like you said. But some people are going to get to that level at maybe purple, maybe sometimes even brown. You know, and you get to a point where you're like people ask you about your belt passage, your next belt passage or your next trip. And you're like, I don't know, man, I don't really care. Yeah. <laughs> so you get to that point you're like I just want to train so how about we roll instead of talking about my future belt passage yeah. right because even when you know um, I was asked like I was being asked like yeah man you you know when you training for your brown belt I don't know <laughs> like, I, I don't know like when you training for this I, I don't know I don't know man go ask my coach <laughs> like yeah and I don't, I don't even I don't even ask it's like um, another guest and I know my instructor is like this as well because we talked about it so many times like don't go ask when you're going to test. That's a no-no. That is a big no-no. Like, you can literally be like, the instructor was going to announce that you was going to test. Like, for example, yeah, my instructor, like, he was going to announce that night after class. Like, hey, XYZ is testing for their blue belt or getting ready to test for their blue belt in a couple weeks. But if you come in like, hey, you know, coach, man, when I'm going to be testing, you just added, like, another month <laughs> without, yeah. even, without even knowing, like. No, because if you if you feel like you have to come and ask that you're to ready, I mean to ask that you're ready to take your test, you're not ready. Yeah, you're not and ready. In most people I've trained, yeah, and most people I train, uh, most places I've trained at were like that too. I remember my first coach when I was a black because I changed school eventually. At Purple Belt, I changed uh, changed banner, I changed schools mm -hmm. for many different reasons that we can get into that later if you want. It's a pretty interesting story, but yeah, definitely. Um, like for that for that stuff for the belts. Um, I personally am not like that. I've had students that came to ask me and like, because I'm not the head, I used to have my own school, but now I'm not the uh, head coach at my school. I'm a coach, but I'm not the head coach. Mm -hmm. But people sometimes come and ask me like, do you think I'm ready for my belt? Like, and, and when am I gonna pass? The answer is pretty much always similar. Like the first thing I ask you, you want me to be honest? Yeah, and most of the time people are like, "Well, I'm not sure." I'm like, well, you better be sure before you ask me. Yeah. yeah. But but if somebody asks me for a belt passage, I don't really mind. But I, I, I'm going to be brutally honest about where, why. If it's a no, why it's not? It's a no, and I'm going to tell them. But I think I see that as being constructive for the person. Mm -hmm. That person is going to be able to take that and do whatever he wants with it, he or she. But the, like the person is going to be able to take that and do whatever that person wants to do with it, like either take it as a motivation and be like, okay, I need to work on this and this, or be like, oh, well, and maybe I should have it and, you know, whatever. But um, I, I've, I was, all my coaches pretty much were, did not like these questions. And I understand why, because at some point, if you allow that, you, it's going to become a pattern for most people and you're just going to be like overwhelmed by all these questions about promotions. But uh, I personally don't really mind that much. I don't mind if somebody comes to tell me. And most of the time, like, when am I going to pass? I'm like, well, when I, like, I, 
some people ask me, when are they going to pass? And it's the head coach's decision. I'm going to tell them, well, you're going to pass when he decides you pass. Right. That's it. There's not, there's no other way. Like when he decides you're ready, you're going to be ready. It's not you that decides and it's not me. I do have people that I'm the one in charge of their passing. And when they talk to me, and I, like one of them came to see me because most don't, but one of them came to see me. It's like, well, what do you think about, when, when do you think I'm going to pass my belt? And I told him what I wanted. I was like, well, from you, I want this. And the person was like, all right, so when uh, so we have work to do. I was like, exactly. And the same day, he started working on what I told him. So eventually mm-hmm. that led to a bell because he, he was more than ready when he got it, you know. So so it's different mentalities. I don't really mind, but I know that a lot of people will do. And I think that's fine. When you have a school, you're, you're the one who push, puts the, the rules down, you know. So if, if the head instructor is like, I don't want to hear about this, and I'm going to give you a month if you just ask me, I'm fine with that too. It's it's the person's decision. Yeah, because yeah, I I feel like yeah, you know, like you know, like we were saying earlier, once you like you get in that mindset of like you know you're you're you you're chasing the wrong thing, you kind of lose a part yeah. of what's important about jujitsu. Because yeah. it's, it's to me personally, it's not about the belt colors. It's not about. I mean, yeah, it's cool to think like yeah, I'm a I'm a brown belt or I'm a black belt. I'm this. I'm that. But like no, it's like. I, I love the knowledge behind jujitsu. I love what yeah. jujitsu, you know, make how jujitsu makes me feel throughout the day or after training or even hell, even on my way to the gym, just thinking about jujitsu. Like that's that's what I love about it, you know. I'm like, yeah, it's cool that I can say, Yeah, I'm I'm a brown belt, I'm this, I'm that, or I teach I'm that. Like, yeah, no, I love the fact that I I'm just in a sport that I love so dearly. Yeah, for for sure. For sure. Trust me, I'm the same. Like uh you know, you know, you see all these memes about like the white belts having a bunch of jujitsu t-shirts. You know, well, I'm a black belt with a bunch of jujitsu t-shirts. Yes. <laughs> I'm oh still like ten years later. I go to work and I in a like corporate world, but with jujitsu t-shirts. You know, I don't care. <laughs> that I am, dude, so, I am the yeah. same way. I got hoodies. I got t-shirts. I anything jujitsu related that I can find is either in my Amazon cart or it's on the way. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, exactly. I am a walking poster child for jiu-jitsu. <laughs> and and, and, it, and it's fine, you know? It's um, And sometimes you walk and you see a jiu-jitsu t-shirt on somebody, you're like, yeah. You don't know him, but you're like, you talked about that on one of your podcasts. Yeah. I remember you speaking about about that with one of the guys. You're like, you don't know the guy, but you just competed against him, and you, you speak two minutes, and he's your bro, you know? Yeah, he's and, family. That's a, yeah, that's a true thing, you know. So when, sometimes I walk and I have jujitsu t-shirt, and somebody else walks on the other side and he, he sees my t-shirt, and we make eye contact for a second. We're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he doesn't know how long I've been training. I don't know how long he's been training, but we relate on something that's for sure. But we don't know each other, you know. Mm-hmm. But we do relate on something for sure. So it, it's fun. It's fun. It's a it's it's a nice culture, and one of the biggest strong points about jujitsu is the community behind it you know in many ways uh, like i see this in two levels really the first level is the community community itself just look at like what's happening right now we're having a podcast on jiu-jitsu because we both love jiu-jitsu and we just want to talk about it yeah you know so this is an amazing thing that's happening Mm -hmm. and um jiu-jitsu is growing very very fast and the community on facebook on instagram on twitter on reddit and all that the community is very 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 in it so people talk about it they post about it so many pictures and requests and uh, so many like 
you meet so many people just because of that and you just keep talking about it and you meet new people and you go to places and you meet other people and you compete and you make friends. The community is very, very open in general. And this is a very, very awesome thing. Yeah, it's, man. it's great, great, great. And, you know, just going back to uh, like, yeah, like the, like the jujitsu the community, it, it seems like it's so small because like it, a lot of people necessarily don't talk about it. But when you, yeah, when you step into, like, these Facebook groups or, you know, or Instagram or, or yeah, just social media in general, and then you're finding so many people that train jujitsu, and it's like, oh, man, that that's a family member right there. Like, that's oh, yeah. my brother. That's, that's my sister or whatever. And, for example, I'm on my way home from work, and I, like, this, this white pickup truck passes me. And on the back of the window was a Gracie Barra uh, logo. And I was like, oh, he trains. So I'm trying to match his speed <laughs> in traffic, like trying to get his attention. But every time we stop, either his car was too far up or my car was too far uh, up. So I was like, man, whatever. But we just so happened to catch this light at the same time. And I'm like, I got to ask him. So I rolled a window down. He rolled a window down. And we had like a quick little two, three minute conversation about training and jujitsu and everything else while the light was green. So he was like, all right, man, we, I'll, I'll catch you another day or whatever the case may be. But it was like, I would have never done that with like with anything else but jujitsu. Yeah, exactly. No, 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 no. That's for sure. And and, and it, it's super cool because people slowly are, are getting into that, you know, uh-huh. as part of the community growing so fast and people are, are so into it. Like we said earlier, like our situation is pretty much the same. Like we talk about jujitsu a lot more than we probably should. And, uh, you know, we, we just love it so much and we're super into it. Well, that's the case with everybody that trains for it trains jiu-jitsu so that's the case of everybody so we are all looking for somebody with cauliflower ears or a jiu-jitsu t-shirt or a sticker on their truck you know so we're all looking for that in a way and trying to say hi and just acknowledge like just give the hand sign you know something like that yeah, it, oh, yeah. It's, it's a fun thing it's a fun thing and speaking of the community you know what one thing that fascinates me about jiu-jitsu with the community and this is something i've never seen in any any other sport ever I'm a huge basketball fan, and obviously you're, you don't see that in basketball. In jiu-jitsu, you have the greatest coaches in the world. You have the greatest athletes in the world, and they're all very accessible. Yes, yes. Like This is completely unheard of in any – if you know any, any other sports, any other sport that's the same way, like honestly, off the bat, I can't think of one. Jiu-Jitsu is an amazing place. Like, I went to ADCC in uh, 2022 in Vegas. I, I was there for a couple of days. And, uh, like, the number of pictures I took with the, these greatest athletes in the world, they're just so easy to access, so friendly. Everybody's cool, you know. I, I, I haven't seen that. And you can go train. You can, if you want, like, like if you tell, oh, my favorite is Dana or, or my favorite is, uh, like, Atos in uh, San Diego. Like, you can fly there and spend a week there and train with them. Yeah, and you're you're going to be training with Canon Duarte and the Rotolos and all these guys, and, and Gal, like Andre Galvao is going to be giving the class, and you can just talk with them, train with them. Like yeah, you can't go, awesome. go you know, you can't train with LeBron James if you want, you know. So it's 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 a very different thing. I've never seen that in anything. Yeah, and you know, just like you know, my you know my instructor's master, you know, Master Joe Moera. This dude, he has you know affiliate schools all over the world. Yeah, he's posted. He like every every day he's posting on social media about another school he just left and he's going to another one. 
But the fact that I have access to him, I can, you know, text or call him and be like, hey, how you doing? What's going on? Let's talk jujitsu. And if he have the time, as busy as he is, he's going to give me a conversation. Yeah. And it's like, man, that's, that's so awesome. Like, yeah, you can't reach out to, like, other celebrities or other people like in different sports that you're passionate about. Maybe because they're a lot busier, I guess you want to say, because they, you know they're on the road a lot, or they're you know they're they play eighty-two games or how many games a year, so they're necessarily like not available. But yeah, at the same time, I can reach out to a lot of people in the jujitsu community that is that busy, and I might not get a reply right away, but I'm going to get a reply eventually. Yeah. So, yeah, I definitely I definitely agree with that, man. Like the the I I I haven't ran into any like gatekeepers in person um or people that just think their jujitsu is just the top notch everybody i've talked to so far about jujitsu no matter the rank from white belts up to fourth degree black belts i've all gave me the same reception man what you're doing is such a cool idea i would love to be on your show and i'm like what yeah okay let's go like when i when i was you know reaching out to people that was responding to the to the post about doing this podcast and I'm like, yeah, you know, what's your rank? What's this and this and that? And it's like, you know, purple belt, black belt, black belt, black belt. And it's like, oh, man, this is awesome. Yeah, oh, for sure, for sure. Then, it's a great idea. And uh, we that's what we all want. We just want somebody to talk jiu-jitsu with. So that you're uh, you're building a podcast on that. So obviously you're going to have a lot of names. You know, people are going to want to do that because it's fun. It's yeah. super cool. And it's it's a chance to talk between – it's a conversation between two people on, on their what their they live. And what they're ha- what's happening in their life and how they feel about the sport they're probably the most passionate about. So there's it's a very very easily it's a winning combination for sure. It's easy to, to win with this. Yeah. And uh, like I said, I, I I wanted to I congratulated you uh, uh, right off the bat because I think it's a great idea what you have what you're doing right you. now. It's super you. awesome. Because I was I was really I was really hesitant to to start this because. You know, it's kind of one of those things where I'm like, man, what can I do? I want, you know, I want to do something more jujitsu related. I'm like, okay, yeah, I train a lot. I, t- you know, I teach when I can. And I'm like, okay, I was, I've been bouncing back and forth about the idea about doing a podcast. And I'm like, man, what should I talk about? But then I'm, I don't know why it took me so long to realize, like, dude, just talk about jujitsu. <laughs> like what else what else there what else is there to talk about like yeah the world is crazy and everything is going on that you know talking about that stuff every day gets depressing and i'm like yeah. okay what can i talk about that doesn't that's going to bring me happiness or bring the listener happiness or you know my guest happiness jujitsu obviously and any like the the few people that that reached out to me that don't train jujitsu it was like man you know I, I listen to your podcast and it's awesome to hear like everyday people like us doing this type of stuff and i'm like that's what i was hoping for like that's what i want like from people who don't train jujitsu like or to the people who want to train or the people who's been doing it for as long as us like i want that avenue and platform for everybody because yeah yeah even down to white belts who know i've talked to that's like man i i only been training for two three months i I really don't have a story to tell yeah you kind of do yeah, exactly. Like you stepped on the match. You ventured out to something that you never thought you were going to venture out to. That is a story to tell with itself. Because if you mention jujitsu to anybody who trains, their their face is going to light up. Oh yeah. No matter where you at, like you hear blah blah blah. You can hear every single conversation going on around you. It sounds like garble, but jujitsu is going to stand out. 
Yeah. Your head's gonna peek up like, ooh, someone knows what I'm gonna I'm gonna go find this person. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. That's my friend over there. <laughs> well, you see the uh, there's a meme with Kobe Bryant about that. There's like a crowd and his his head is kind of sticking out. Yep. And you know that's that's it. Like you hear when you hear somebody talking about jujitsu, your head kind of pops out. That, like, that is that is it. Talking it's about either, just right here. Like if it's either jujitsu or comic books or anything comic book related. If I hear it, <laughs> my head peeks up like, "Ooh, hello!" <laughs> yeah, for How sure. Are you? How, you're we're not friends. Come on, let's talk. Yeah, you're gonna bump into him uh, to them by accident at some point. Oh know? yeah, oh yeah. But um, <laughs> yeah. So let's just kind of backtrack. Um, so you were saying like you you switch schools when like, yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. Like, that's purple. A... So yeah, let's, yeah. Let's, let's talk about that. If I just spe speak a little bit about my jiu-jitsu my journey, which yeah. is, uh, I think, a little bit different than most people. Like I, I told you earlier, um, my first class, I was really hooked. And the, the guy I was teaching was a beast. And he's very known uh, out here in Quebec. Like he's um, He competed at the world level. He won the worlds in Gi and No Gi. So he's a, he's a monster, you know. And um, I was hooked there. But honestly, at his gym, it was very, very intense. But I never got injured. You know, I was getting my, my ass beat up seriously uh, for at least two years as a white belt. I was getting, like, torn apart every class. But it was still fun, but it was still safe. I was tapping seven, eight times a roll, but oh yeah, I never got injured. You know, sometimes I was rolling with him, and he would go uh, pretty intense, but he never hurt me. So that was super cool, but it was an hour and 15 minutes away because he taught in Granby a couple months only. You know, mm -hmm. and then he opened his real school in, uh, like an, a little bit over an hour away from here. And that was the closest school right now with a, a teacher higher than blue belt. So because I knew a couple of places around that was they, they had blue belt teachers and they were super good. Honestly, they were good, great teachers and great people. But but I wanted um, like I wanted a black belt teacher. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I when I went at that school, they had a bunch of blue belts, a bunch of purple belts. And uh, him as a black belt. And so I've trained there for a couple of years, two and a half years maybe. So uh, a couple of months after my blue belt, I was still training. I was still teaching Kempo. I was not training really anymore, but I was still teaching. But I, I talked to the owner of the school. I was like, it would be okay with you if I would start teaching jiu-jitsu around here, you know? And I don't know. I didn't want to charge a lot. What I wanted was to keep training at that gym. And sometimes instead of driving three, four times a week, an hour and a half, well, um, well, over two hours back and forth. I was like, I I'm going to have some trainings close. So I built a team. I, I, one of my friends was my partner. We were both blue belts. We passed our tests together and we both started teaching together. And uh, we started to build a team. So we had like 15 white belts training with us and we were just training. So that was fun. It was kind of, kind of like this similar uh, similar thing as the Gracie Garages you hear mm -hmm. at the Gracie University. Mm -hmm. you no, know, just drop in and come train, and that's it. That's fun. So you build a gang training in the together, but there's nobody there giving promotions. You know? And eventually, we were start. It was starting to be far, and I was like, man, this is a lot of road, and a lot of time on the road. And I had a, a, my job is very demanding, and it starts early, so I was like, I'm beat up. Every time I train the next day, I I slept five hours and I go to work. <laughs> so is there a way to have a school closer and I, I called my friend one of my friends was a brown belt and he was like and I asked him I was like would you be interested in coming to teach him like uh, where, I, where I'm teaching he's like yeah sure so he started teaching there and he became my coach he was a friend of mine and he became my coach and with him eventually we opened our own gym uh, a kilometer from my house 
So obviously that's a big upgrade. It was a very nice gym, a great gang of people. We had a great, a lot of fun. But me and that guy, he was a friend of mine. He still is today, but we were incompatible for business. Mm. We had very different mentalities, fundamental mentalities about how things should go and the way, like, um, he's more intense and more Japanese style, uh, very discipline oriented. And I'm very laid back as a person. And I uh, was like, no, you can't do that because it's, you need to respect the people. And uh, so we had a little conflict of uh, uh, like fundamental values. And it's not that he was not, he's not a good person. He's not, he's not a good coach. We just had a little diff differences and it was starting to be heavy. And that, during that time, a, f a guy opened a gym in uh, 10 minutes from my home, but in the same place I started ju doing jujitsu the first time. So I was like, oh, this I know that place, obviously. So I went to see there because a friend of mine started training there. So I just went to see what it looked like. And uh, keep in mind, during that time, I was the owner of my gym. I was co-owner. I was not just sole owner. We were co-owners. And uh, what happened at some point is our conflict became greater to a point that we were having trouble talking to each other. You know, oh. um, Like he was annoyed by me. I was annoyed by him. And it was not working. And I was, you know, I was a purple belt, uh, probably a year after my purple belt. Uh, I was like, I'm starting to lose for the first time ever interest in jujitsu. Like I was starting to lose my passion. I didn't want to train really anymore. I was like, I'm losing my passion. This is not normal. Not for me, you know, right. like I eat this. You know? So I was like, no, there's something wrong here. I need a break. And I, we had a fight at some point and I was like, well, just give me the papers last Sunday and I leave. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened. He was like, if you want to leave, that's fine. So we had a very friendly uh, split. He kept the school and everything. He kept the mask. So we had a deal together and I left. And then I was like, I need time off. I need the time for myself. But back then, like I, like I told you, a friend of mine was training in Granby, that new place. So we get to a point where my friend, I was still training at home. I have a gym at home and mats. So I, like, I was training at home and with some close friends. And it, what happened is my buddy was going to pass his blue belt. So I was like, right, I'm going to go see, I'm going to go back to check out your stuff and then go, I'm going to be there for your belt promotion. So I went there and the coach was super welcoming and very, very nice. And he was like, well, you can always come back. I was like, well, honestly, like I'm in a rough spot right now. I just flipped from my, uh, from my gym and I'm, a, I'm in a rough spot. He's like, I'm not forcing you to do anything. If anytime you want to come, just drop by, have fun. You can just sit and talk about jujitsu, or you can train and do whatever you want. I was like, okay. So slowly but surely, I started to going to go back there, and eventually, I was like, all right, like this place is nice. It's a very different. It's kind of a new vibe. It's not that it was that different of a vibe, but it was a new vibe. Mm -hmm. I was like, I feel like I kind I kind of I can kind of start over again here, and that's where I'm still in right now. You know, so I that's why I left the gym. Like we were having a conflict, and like I said, it's not that the, the other guy was wrong and I was right, or the opposite. Is we had a different of opinion, difference of opinion, and it was starting to be heavy on both of us. It was heavy on him, heavy on me, and we just decided to split. So I went there, and uh, at some point, my my new coach was uh, who's also a monster. To be honest, he won the Masters, but he's a uh, he's been grappling for forty years, and he's like forty five six. So okay, <laughs> he, so he, he was like, "Well, I, I I can't be there during that day. Do you think he could fill the spot for me and teach?" I was like, "Yeah, sure," and. I liked it. I enjoyed it because I, I like teaching. I, In most of the hobbies I had in my life, I, I eventually became a teacher. And I give a lot of trainings at work, you know. So that's part of my life, sharing knowledge and helping people. That's part of my life. So I started slowly starting started taking classes. Like this, I started 
teaching on the, the Thursdays, you know, I was teaching two, both classes. And eventually I, I, I kind of had a solid spot without really planning it. I was teaching every week. And that's pretty much how it started. So yeah, that's the story about that split. And I'm still there today. A couple of years later, I got my black belt, uh, brown belt and black belt from that coach. And okay. I'm still there today. Nice. So that was the, the whole split thing. So yeah, that's. I mean, it it sucks. I mean, you know, yeah, that it happened that way. But at the same time, you did. You know, you guys were able to like learn and grow from it. Um, and there's no hope. You know, hopefully there's no bad blood between you two. No, 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 no. There's not. Uh, a month ago, he he asked me to go teach at his new gym. He has a oh. new gym now. He has another gym. He asked me like, you want to come teach a class? I was like, yeah, sure. So I went down on Wednesday and gave the classes, and we talked about it in front of the students. You know, when he introduced me, he was like, this is uh, one of my, this was my first student. He's a black belt now. Uh, and we had like a mini conflict and he explained a little bit to the people. So there's no animosity there. I'm actually close to him. And he had some really great qualities as a coach. You know, uh, jiu-jitsu is illegal in Quebec, the competition since 2016. So, uh, which really? just makes, yeah, it makes no sense, man. Like you can do boxing, but you can't do jujitsu, but you can't ju- do judo. So it makes no sense. But anyways, yeah, yeah, it's the dumbest thing ever. But um, every time I competed, I was going to Toronto and Niagara Falls, to like Boston. So that's six plus hours every time. And he would always come with us for the weekend. So he, he like, he was very, we were having like summer parties and stuff like that. So he was very like, uh, he would take everybody and bring us to the same place. If we, were, we would compete, he would take his whole weekend off and come, come, come with us and coach us. So he was a, he, like, he had great qualities as a coach. And uh, he was very involved in the academy. So it, it's fun that we managed to put our differences behind us and just start to be friends again at some point, you know? So it's, uh, right now it's fine, you know, but it was rough for a while. And and we were both very in, invested in all that, like our relationship, but also the gym and all that. So I think it was hard on, on him, this, this split, and it was hard on me definitely, because, you know, it was my gym as much as his, and I opened it on my street. Yeah. So I would pass in front of it every day. So it was very, very hard for me. And one thing that's hard, that was very hard, is I used to go train every Saturday in Montreal. Because now I'm with Gracie Baja, but I used to be with the Brazilian top team. Okay. And so so I used to go to the BTT headquarters in Montreal at the Fabio Hollanda's gym. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, we, I would go there for the open mat every Saturday. And it was awesome. And there were so many great people there. And Fabio included, the head coach, is an amazing, amazing guy. And um, when I left, a lot of people kind of took it bad, you know, and um, maybe because I didn't explain myself to everybody. Not a, not everybody knew the reasons behind uh, why I was leaving, but a lot of people took it, kind of took it the wrong way. And uh, I, 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 I did feel like I lost a couple friends when I did that, but I still kept a lot, which is important for me. Right. So that was a very hard part for me. But fortunately, I, I like I joined a, a good school and uh, a lot of I met a lot of really really awesome new people. So, but it was a process. It was hard at first, you know. I'm not gonna lie, but right now it's fine. You know, those that need, like I still have a lot of friends from my PTD day to days, and I have a lot of friends from my Baja days now. Like, so it's it's perfect. But it took a while. Right, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But that's awesome, though, man. I'm, I'm happy. I, you, you know, you, you was able to keep that passion and kept that drive to continue to train. Um, I, you know, the school that I'm at right now, H2O Martial Arts, has literally been the only school that I've trained at since I've started my jujitsu journey. And awesome. 
the crazy, the, the the most funniest thing about it is, uh, like me and my wife will you know we'll play around with the idea of like you know moving and you know getting a bigger house or whatever, but we always there's like there's like a couple things that has to be like in the criteria for me even to be able to look at this house. It, yeah. it has to have a big enough basement to have my own gym, <laughs> and it has to be close to the school. Like, yeah. like that's, that, that is it. And she, like, she understands the assignment perfectly. Like, we'll, like, she'll be messaging me, like, "Oh, I was just, you know, just looking, and oh, look at this house here." And she's like, "Before you ask, yes, it has a finished basement. It's spacious, and it's 15 minutes away from the school." All right, I'll take a look at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like anything, if it don't meet those, like, I, like. Obviously, like I want to have enough room, uh, enough rooms in the house, cause you know, uh, my office, my you know, my kids, us or whatever. But like, no, has to have a finished basement, and it can't be too far from where I train at. Yeah. So yeah, I completely, I completely understand. <laughs> oh yeah, and, and it's important because we spend a lot of time there. Like I said earlier, I was losing my my passion for jujitsu at some point as a purple belt, and mm-hmm. it's probably through all the negativity and the the weight of that conflict, which was hard for me. But eventually, it came back, you know. And when I once I once it came back, it never left. And you know, I love jujitsu more than any more than ever right now you know yeah, and that's yeah. why i not only started teaching uh i started teaching again but i eventually uh, had, had my blog about martial arts and uh, i started doing that and i started uh teaching on bg fanatics and stuff like that so but i i love to share what i know and i love to share my perspectives and knowledge so, that, so it was very fun for me to have the space i needed to grow back into a passionate jiu-jitsu athlete you know uh, so my coach was very, very good at giving me the space I needed to fall back into it. But once I started, like, I, I started where I, where I left off. That's for sure. It didn't, didn't take that much time. Yeah, and just and and the rest is history, as they say. Oh yeah, it is. But there's still a lot, a lot to do. Like, uh, the journey is just starting. Uh, you know, I got my black belt a while ago, and, uh, and uh, a lot of people say that's where it starts. That's so. where it starts. That is exactly. Where it starts. Yeah, like, like you, you build the foundation for so many years, and now you get your black belt, so now you can start. Okay, perfect. Well, I'm fine with that. Yeah, yeah, and I I can't wait, man. I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to, you know, eventually get to that point where you know I get my black belt, and you know, just to kind of see what other opportunities that you know that comes along with that. Yeah. So I remember in one of your podcasts, I was listening, and you were asking the person, "What was the hardest belt?" Yeah. And uh, so what, what for you, what was your hardest belt? Like what, which one, I don't remember your answer on that one. Um. Well, I kind of touched bases on the first, ep- like on the intro episode when I was kind of giving a uh, background about myself, but um, mentally and like, yeah, on a mental, on a like very mental and physical aspect, man, it was my purple belt. It was um, it was a lot of stuff going on, you know, personally with you know with my marriage, um, family, you know, dealing with the loss of my father, um, my mom getting sick and everything else. So it was it was grueling because at that point I was I was done. Like I was I was done with jujitsu. I was um, I was just mentally out of it because I couldn't focus on it. Everything was everything around me was taking so much precedent over jujitsu to the where it wasn't even fun. It wasn't even fun anymore. Like I wasn't excited about going to classes. I was I was kind of just going off of just muscle memory at this point. Like, yep, Tuesday's coming up, I got class. Thursday comes around, I got class. Friday morning comes. Well, yeah, Wednesday, Friday morning comes up, I have morning classes. 
So it was very, 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 very grueling, man. But I <laughs> can say, like, if it wasn't for, you know, my wife, when we finally started, you know, things started to get back on track, my, you know, my wonderful um, instructor and my, my awesome training partners, man, if I didn't have them, I, you know, this this wouldn't be happening right now. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. But that was definitely, oh. was definitely my 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 hardest, hardest rank. Yeah. Oh, it looked like it for sure. For what you're telling me, it, it probably looks like a very, very hard time. And and it's fun that you found uh, like maybe support a little bit and a way to distract your mind a little bit during training. Because, you know, if we speak about um, the belts, like the five belts, really, I always I feel like the hardest belt is always going to be the white belt in general. Yeah, of course. Because honestly, you just suck. Yeah. Unless you're like Nicky Rod and you're just a, like you can rustle out everybody, you know, unless you're that 0.1% of the people, uh, your your white belt is going to be fun, but in the same way, it's going to suck. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so I, I always feel like white belt is the hardest one. Blue belt is the one where you kind of start man, like beating up the white belts a little bit. Yeah, um, maybe like I say beating, but like um, probably a lack of better terms. But um, and for me, it was probably the same as you because of the whole conflict I talked about. Um, it was a very hard time for me with all the changes. My purple belt, yeah, uh, blue belt was a great belt for me. I was training six days a week. I was competing everywhere. I was having a blast, and and uh, like it, it took ninety percent of my life. Really, I was working and training. That's all I did. I had a, I had a breakup just before my blue belt, and I was. You know, my all my focus was on jujitsu for all my blue belts. So that was my that was probably the easiest belt for me. Yeah. And after after that, uh, purple was very rough for the reasons we talked about earlier. And uh, I think brown belt was pretty easy. You know, I, I just trained because because what what the more you go in your belts, the less pressure I think you feel. At least for me, like I I, I, I wasn't feeling pressured at purple belt. I, I'm not not brown belt or black belt either you know so brown belt you just train yeah. you train you enjoy yourself and you like uh, you do whatever you want so I, i i think brown belt was pretty easy the only thing that make it made it a little bit hard is that whole covid thing which was a nightmare oh yeah uh, that, and that was another that was another huge factor when it came to purple belt because yeah right because yeah i was yeah like right after yeah at, right after the i guess you want to say the the band to like you know to congregate and everything else was lifted i think it was like maybe like a month after is when i tested for my purple belt so oh, I, okay i was out of shape you know i was i was out of shape because I, <laughs> i was working i was working so much because my instructor shout out man you know i i know i said this a lot but shout out to my instructor man this dude is awesome i'll get into a little bit of, a little bit of that about that in a minute but um i was working a lot i was um yeah i was i was just doing so much And that was that was not jujitsu related. We had our, you know, we had our uh, second daughter the week before shutdown happened. Oh so man, it was rough, man. It was really, really rough. Like that whole that whole two years of being a purple belt was so so rough. But um, yeah, man. But as 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 right now as a you know, I'm only only been a brown belt for like a month. But yeah, it's it's the 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 weight has been lifted. And jujitsu has became extremely more fun again because, like you know, right now I'm. This is this I'm. You're 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 at the finish line. Well, not necessarily the finish line, but you're right there. 
you know, only yeah. way that you're going to not become your black belt at this point in your career is either you die or you just stop training. Exactly. That, that is yeah, it. That is it. Sure. You pretty much can't stop, you know, you yeah. keep on. You're like, you've like, put so much time and effort in it, you just, you just keep on. Keep yeah, because like that transition from white to blue belt, obviously, it's that statistic of like everyone stops at blue belt. Like blue belt is the hardest because once people get their blue belt, they just fall off. They just disappear. I've seen it happen in, you know, in live yeah. and living color. Purple belt is like, okay, yeah, you're kind of there. You maybe fall off, maybe not. But once that, that purple turns to brown, you have no choice but to keep going. Exactly. You're right there. You're another two years, one, you know, one and a half, two years, you know, minimum to get in your black belt. Yeah. So I, I can't, I can't stop now. I can't. No, for sure. But, um, yeah, man, um, if you have any other questions for me, if there's anything you want to plug about your school, about your competing, about whatever it is, man, the floor, the floor is all yours. All right. Well, um, one thing I'm going <laughs> to, it's going to sound a little bit weird, but um, like we talked a, a little bit earlier about the impacts because I, because I, honestly, I don't mind speaking like a, I can probably feel any time frame you want me to speak, <laughs> but yeah. uh, like there's a couple things I'd like to talk about or at least say, you know, we talk about impacts on, on, on our lives, you know, and, and you gave a good example during your purple belt. I think jujitsu probably served as a, some kind of therapy for you at some oh, yes. point, you know? Oh, yes. And, and during breakups and doing, like, for me, it is a therapy. It takes away the stress from my job. My job is very stressful and high-paced. And jujitsu, when I'm training, I'm not thinking about my job. Right. And, and you know, so it's a very therapeutic for me. And it covers so many things that I need in life. You know, the first one is uh, obviously that, like I need some kind of escape route for something. Some people play video games. Some people are going to watch movies and I, I train, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, I love to learn, but I, I'm i going to love to learn if, if it's about something I like. Like I don't, I have a little bit of selective uh, motivation so yeah, some things I some something I don't like, I'm not gonna be motivated, you know. And yeah. jujitsu kind of put me so much in love with it. It made me so much in love with the sport and the, uh, the discipline that I started really being focused on it. And it, it helps me. I love to learn, and this I'm so interested in this. I try to learn every day, so it, it gives me like this challenge of knowing more, trying to know everything. So on. So honestly, not not only is it a good therapy, it's a good way for me to keep my mind going and think and like try to understand all the concepts and stuff it can it helps me being uh, I, I can get creative like uh, for the instructionals for the blog for when i teach i try to build classes that have a system in it like a concept and work through it and go through through it so it gives me a chance to be creative and it's a great workout to be honest and on top of all that it's super fun so these are what the, the like the main things it brings me like uh, and then obviously there's a you can travel for it and there's many different areas you can go but uh, like in, I think overall it it, ha it had a lot of benefits for me obviously like everybody else there's some negative points like uh, I've missed a lot of birthday parties that I was I just didn't think about it because I was teaching I couldn't be there or stuff like that I've missed events uh, obviously I sacrifice a lot of time with my friends that don't train and my family so there's like negative points in a way but that was a choice you know yeah. Like, uh, for me, I was so into it. I was like, well, this is what I love, you know, so I'm going to focus on this and prioritize this a lot more than the rest, I guess. Except, like, I, I'm in a relationship, so obviously that's my always my priority. But uh, I do spend a lot of time training. Yeah. yeah. So, 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 so that's... So do I. 
Yeah, well, it's normal, I guess. And uh, one thing that I didn't uh, like, I, I mentioned earlier, uh, two things I talked about being um, having access to all the British coaches and all that. And it's fun that right now all the best coaches in the world are spreading their knowledge. If, like if you take Atos, for example, like obviously their school is very high level, you know, compete comp competition wise. Yep. Well, they have most of them have their instructions that they're sharing, but you can also go on Atos online and all that stuff like that. So it, it's fun to see that the greatest coaches in the world are obviously probably making it for, for money, but still at the end of the day, they're sharing their knowledge outside of the walls of their gym, which in the older times, it was very, very strict. Like the knowledge from inside this gym, you can't go out. You know, it has to stay inside and use it in competition. And that's why they probably had all that stuff about the Creante and people that leave a team for another team and the kind of the fear of the knowledge being showed to the other teams, rival teams and stuff like that. Uh -huh. So so I think it's a very fun time to be training jiu-jitsu right now because of all the accessible, the, all the knowledge we have access to. Definitely, definitely. And one thing that was cool when I went to ADCC in 2022 uh, in Vegas uh, two months ago, yeah. while I was there, I, I, I spoke to so many people that are like, uh, for example, there's a, if you look at, like I've spoken a couple of times to Jacob Couch, you know, from uh, Pettigrew Submission, and he was spending a lot of time with the fans. He was just happy to be there, you know, and obviously like Bernardo Faria, you see him, he's super gentle and very nice. So like, I got a chance to speak with so many people, but one thing that was awesome that I want to point out <clears throat> Sorry, is that uh, after the first competition day Saturday, everybody was leaving, but there was a place uh, like a room next to it with a lot of uh, like little stands, and Gordon Ryan was there, and he had like a two-hour line in front of him, and Gordon, after competing that day, instead of going to rest, he stayed there for three hours, signing autographs, signing T-shirts, signing the book speaking with people and meeting them one by one. He was standing in a corner and he just stayed there for hours. Yeah. You know, that was very, very cool. I, 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 I was in that line. I waited in that line for an hour and a half. And I got, I bought a, one of his rash guards and he signed it for me and all that. And it was super fun to, to be near such an athlete, you know, and it, it was fun. It was a once in a lifetime experience, honestly, to go there and see like being there with them in the moment with all the energy and meeting all these super, cause I'm a super fan, obviously, mm -hmm. you know, I, I watch this stuff all every day. So for me, I was there as a fan, just watching and looking at all these people I look up to and it was great, you know, it was super fun. Yeah. It was an awesome time. Yeah. Cause like I, um, right before his super fight with Andre Galval, um, Gordon Ryan was on uh, Joe Rogan's podcast and just to hear him talk about, the love that he has for this sport. Um, obviously he's a, you know, he's notorious, you know, he's a notorious guy in jujitsu. He's a, yeah. you know, he's a, you know, he's a great a shit talker, but granted he can back it up. But yeah. at the same time, and he is one of the most humblest and nicest guys I have yet to meet, but I want to meet so bad. Yeah. Like you said, like he, you know, he go out there and compete, he trains, he teaches, he does all this stuff. But he still sits down and talk to everybody that wants to talk about jujitsu. Yeah, and that's and that's phenomenal to me. Yeah, because because uh, honestly, everybody like there was no athlete left really at the end. Right. Only him. Everybody was gone. Everybody, everybody, everybody that was competing at least were like, "I'm competing tomorrow. I'm gonna rest." And he was like, "All right, I have three hours in front of me of just signing autographs." You know. 
it's uh it, it, for the fans it's very important honestly but yeah you, you said it pretty well like he's obviously a, a top top level grappler and a sh like a, a top level shit talker too but uh that's i think that's for money really because to be honest he's like a, he has a conor mcgregor thing going on that he talks a lot of shit but like you said he can back it up he can back it up like the you know like the best of them yeah oh yeah well, right now, you know, in Nogi, obviously, he, he is the best. And there's a, a, I don't think, I don't see anybody who's better than him right now in Nogi. No. And he's, so obviously he can back it up. But he, he was very nice in person, to be honest. He was super gentle, very like, he was pretty, I, I felt that he was real and kind of genuine, which is, uh, it was, it's just pretty cool. So, so do you, so you, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Like the, the, the jiu-jitsu scene a little bit? Um, you know what? Yeah, we got a little, we got a little time. We got a little time. All right. If you want to add a little bit more to it, we can. <laughs> well, you know, I don't, uh, do you watch, like, do you train both gi and no gi? Um, sort of, kind of, but we're, okay. we're predominantly, we're predominantly a gi, gi dependent school, but yeah, we, okay. we dabble on no gi, um, from time to time. Yeah. It's the same for me, really. I train gi a lot more in my life than I train no gi. But I still follow jujitsu a little bit, so I watched. I, I watch all the events, really, and all the competition and tournaments and stuff like that. Um, you talked. You know, we talked about Gordon, how dominant he is, and and I, I have a. You know how I see this? Like, if you look at Gordon, like in a match, he's not faster than the rest. He's not. I, 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 I've been told that his isometric power is incredible. But like he he competes again with the biggest guys in the world, so obviously they're all strong. So that's not his advantage. He's not that fast. He's pretty relaxed. So like, it's hard to understand what's going on there. Like, how could he be slower than the rest, really, and still like toy with everybody like the white belts, you know? And it's it's, yeah. it's it's insane. It's like a like you spoke about more MMA a little bit. Um, like I don't I don't know if you saw Anderson Silva in his prime. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Anderson Silva was, uh, yeah, he was fast, he, but his whole style was around timing. And I call that the matrix effect. Like Anderson was, would just move his head a quarter of an inch away from the hands and not get hit and just play with his, his hands in his back. Yeah. And I, I think that matrix effect is what's what makes Gordon that great probably is the fact that he if he's not stronger or faster than the rest – and they're all world champions, so maybe his technique is better. But I, I get a feeling that that guy, when he rolls, the people in front of him, like the the speed of the match in his mind is just like in slow mo. Yeah, you know, because he always had the foot, always has his foot at the right place, hand the right grip, and he, like nobody's getting any points on him. They're not passing. He's always, it, it's weird. It's hard to understand. Very loose, no, I, very technical, very, yeah. very technically sound. With the, yeah. he he's in tune. Like he has it. Yeah, he's in tune with jujitsu. Oh yeah, and that's something that it's not easy because you know when uh, when you get to a point where you don't train as much for whatever reason. Like, and I'm sure you like you said you you've had parts where you don't train as much. Uh, if something's happening in your life and you're not training as much, you just don't have time. You see it on the mask though, because oh, your yeah. timing is going to be a little bit off. Your cardio is going to be off. You know. And so these guys don't really have that because they train all the time. So something has to be there that we, like me, I, maybe I don't, 
I can't understand what's going on at that level, you know, because these guys are better than me for sure. You know, they're better than, than us. And um, so it, it's always fascinating for me to watch his matches. And I'm like, how is that possible that he's manhandling these people in a slow way and it's working? Like, if I try that, I'm going to get destroyed, you know? <laughs> Utterly destroyed. <laughs> yeah. So, like, how, how does he does it, do it, you know? And there's a couple of people like that that are fun to watch. I watch a lot of Gi and uh, I like Tainan Dalpra a lot, the uh, art of Jiu-Jitsu guy. And his style is so fundamentally sound. He, like it's it's like it's almost effortless and that's rare it's hard i envy these guys to be honest yeah definitely definitely definitely, definitely. but it's a, it's it's fun to do man to be honest it's uh it's so many so much fun so much it's so, such a great thing and you just hope that you're not going to get injured too much you know yeah um, I, mean, I was I, very I fortunate suffer, i haven't suffered like you know really bad injuries you know the, the normal wear and tear on your body when it comes to jiu-jitsu like your joints hurt you, you know fingers yeah are you know stiff and everything else like that but man i there's no greater feeling there's no greater feeling to me right now than the pain of jiu-jitsu rather <laughs> yeah yeah well me injury wise i was very lucky over the years i i've had one really big one it was last year in november i uh i have a 60 70 tear on my lcl Ooh. in my knee uh, I, I was using a lasso sweep and uh, the way the guy kind of lifted, I was going to sweep him and I tried to block him in the air so he didn't fall on his face. And what happened is I, I heard something pop in my knee and that tear, like if you rip apart a t-shirt, you know, I was like, oh man, this is not good. But I was very fortunate in a way that some of my students were there and because uh, it's not the other guy's fault. It's completely my fault. So I, I kind of popped my own knee by myself, you know. And um, I had a student there. His wife works at the hospital, you know, in the um, in the department that take all the radio, like the pictures and the X-rays and stuff. Yeah. So right away, like she was on the case, and she got me a, like a a scan the next morning. And right next to me, one of my students is a orthotherapist who looks that looks a little bit like a chiropractor. So he popped my knee back back into place, and we like he treated it right away. So I was very very happy with him. Awesome. Uh, yeah, the next day I already had all my scans. I had met met the doctor. My knee was back in place, and I, was, I started physio the next day. So I was I didn't have any two days, and all that was done. Even my first meeting with my physio. So I was very very fortunate to have these people around me. So that helped a lot. You know that happened on Monday, and the Thursday I still gave my nogi class. <laughs> Just but stay I, away. <laughs> yeah, I was I was just teaching some basic stuff that I, that did not did not require any pressure on my leg, and then I took a month off to try to heal a little bit, and then Christmas happened and all that. So when I came back in January, I started flow rolling a little bit, and I was teaching again and stuff like that. But I was very fortunate. That was my only real injury. Like obviously, I've had like broken fingers and stuff like that, but nothing serious really. Right, the knee was a pretty you. bad one though. Cool, cool. But yeah, so uh, for me, that pretty much covers it. You know, I think we uh, covered like the most important thing that every jujitsu people want to talk about. Definitely. Yeah, I, kinda, I don't know if you had. We kind of went on a little tangent, but you know that that's just a, the price we pay when you get a chance to sit down and talk about jujitsu. So. <laughs> yeah, 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 and I'm open about like I'm not a very uh, like uh, I'm open to talk about anything really. So I'm not a very shy person. So if, like anything you want to talk about, I, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Gotcha, but no, we would. I would definitely love to have you back, man. Um, 
I, I encourage everybody who I do interviews with, like I would love to have you guys back, you know, later on down the line and definitely, you know, chop it up some more about, you know, about our journey. Cause the journey doesn't stop until, you know, we're six feet under. So there's always going to be, you know, room to talk about jujitsu. So yeah. Perfect. Well, anytime you want, just uh, send me a message and I'll be fine. Okay. Keeping posted and I'll, I'll, I'm okay with coming back anytime you want. Awesome. Awesome. Well, that's the end of today's episode. I would like to thank our guest, Eric, once again for coming in and sharing his knowledge and experience with us. I hope you guys, you know, learn and grow from our tales. Uh, please go and follow our Facebook and Instagram page to stay up to date on all future episodes. This has been Talk Your Jits Podcast. Keep rolling, keep grinding, and remember, long live jujitsu. Have a great day.